Welcome to My Business Playbook, where we pull back the curtain on the steps and missteps of successful people. You'll hear a raw and unfiltered play-by-play of what's worked and what hasn't, giving you helpful advice and insights so you can build your dream business. I'm your host, Laura Higgins, and this is My Business Playbook. Well, hey there, and welcome to My Business Playbook. Thank you for joining me wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whether you're walking your dog, driving, avoiding your children, doing some housework, whatever that looks like. I hope that you are enjoying yourself. Today, I'm joined by Amy Parfett of Wedshed. Now, if you've been married, if you're engaged, if whatever that's down the line for you, then you probably have seen Wedshed Online. This is an Australian company that helps people to have a wedding that is them. So kind of ditching a bit of the convention and tradition and doing weddings your way. What I love about the Wedshed story is that they have totally, they've really like revolutionized their industry and they have completely reinvented their business over and over again. And when you speak with Amy, she is super, super inspiring and just a lovely person. So I'm really excited about this conversation. If you are a creative, if you are wanting to monetize your online brand, then you're going to love this conversation because Amy talks about how she and her business partner, Mel, have built this platform, built this really beautiful community of people who trust them, people who love them, and how they've actually monetized that. So it's a really cool conversation. I know you're going to love it. Let's dive in to my chat with Amy from Wedshed. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I am so looking forward to this conversation. Before we begin, tell us a little bit about your business. What do you do and how did you start Wedshed? Sure. I'm super excited to hear this story. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. Okay, so Wedshed is a tech platform for weddings that helps couples create a big day that reflects what they're all about. So we believe that weddings are less about the flashy soirees and traditions of the past and more about people coming together to celebrate connection and community. And we wanted to help like-minded people um, plan awesome celebrations that reflect what they're all about because that's kind of not how weddings once upon a time were. In terms of what we do, there's actually a fair few moving parts behind it. So (laughs) we partner with amazing venues and vendors across Australia, New Zealand and Indonesia on a subscription basis to help couples discover their services. Um, And then we also have an online store where we sell planning resources for couples. We have a blog full of info and advice. Um, We have a venue management arm of the business that we've recently set up where we look after the sales and client service management for wedding venues. So they literally don't have to do anything. Um, And now we're about to launch a wedding planning membership called We Do Crew, which is like having your own, I guess, very own wedding planner um, and planning community in your pocket as well. So guiding you like right from the start to the very end or wherever you come into it, basically. So there's a bit and there's a we've got bigger future (laughs) evolution plans, but um, that's kind of in a nutshell what we do. Um, and I guess Wedgehead, where it started from, it was initially a place to discover amazing wedding venues, a bit like an Airbnb for weddings. And the idea came about, I'd say, after, yes. you know, a thousand, <laughs> I shouldn't pit myself as like a massive drinker even, it probably came about after a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> 
close to 10 years ago. A thousand. A thousand, yeah. You can tell I'm just really, really um, optimistic there. It's maybe not. Um, yes. So after it. a couple of bottles of wine, there's probably a thousand bottles of wine over the course of that year though, right? So like anyway. Yeah, um, I would say so, yes. Yeah, it was a culmination of a year's worth of thinking. So maybe that's not this not too inaccurate. But anyway, my business partner and I were um, having a jolly night in London at the time and we the close one of our close girlfriends was getting married and she reached out to Mel to say that her wedding venue had fallen through sort of like a couple of weeks out from the actual day and understandably was pretty stressed so we jumped online to try and help her find something new. And just this is back in, yeah, I suppose 10 years ago, so at the time, there just wasn't really a lot of stuff out there in terms of weddings that was speaking to the kind of people that we were and the kind of weddings that we wanted to have one day. And we knew that, you know, we'd been both, both been with our partners for a long time, knew we were headed on that journey ourselves and um, we're kind of shocked to see that, like, for something that's such a pretty standard life event, like a lot of people do get married, yeah. there wasn't a lot out there that was, you know, quite trustworthy. Every, everything kind of, like presumed that you had been either wanting to be a bride since you like the second you were born and like you you know were just all about the chul and the pink frills and all that sort of stuff that wasn't really speaking to us um and and all there were platforms out there that were partnering with like cool spaces but then also that have the rsl club and it was very much a very obvious clear pay to play kind of scenario so we were like well where are we going to find inspiration to get married and not just find generic advice on the internet that doesn't apply to us? Um, that's kind of where the idea came from. At the time, the share economy was like super hot stuff as well. So, and we'd been using Airbnb for travel for years, and but there was no similar platform bringing together cool spaces to get married at. So we sort of saw a gap there. Um, and we'd also grown up spending time on family farms and could see the value in underutilized spaces and realized that there was an opportunity there to help commercialize these spaces for future proofing properties really and by adding additional revenue yeah. streams for family farms um, in the future through weddings so that's kind of yeah where it where it came from that's incredible and you really have kind of um I'm saying marked your territory, but I'm, I'm immediately thinking of like my puppy peeing. But what I mean is, you've really, you've really become known as the go-to people if you want to have a wedding that is uniquely you. That is like I immediately think of Wedshed, and and before we jumped on this call, I was like, oh, and when I got married, you were the resource I was looking at because I wasn't looking at like wedding magazines or things like that. I was kind of I knew that. We wanted something that felt like us. We wanted something that was simple but kind of um, luxe and fun. And, you know, I think it's really, really cool how you've just kind of drawn a line in the sand and said there's a gap here and we're going to fill it. And what I love about your journey, Amy, is that you haven't just gone, okay, we're going to be an online platform that we monetize the platform through advertising or through venues paying us. I love that you have gone, okay, cool. There's another gap in the market with this venue management client services type of thing. There's another gap over here. I love that you, you're constantly seeing opportunities in the market and thinking about things in a really creative way. I think it's really, really cool how you've done that. So talk to me about, Thank you. you started your, 
<laughs> That's fine. Talk to me about how you've started because you started with Mel, your bestie. Mm-hmm. How does that, because you're very creative and I think that's, that really, you can see that through your content that you produce, through the brand, through the way that you see opportunities. You're definitely super entrepreneurial. And talk to me about the dynamic, you and Mel, this this duo of two friends who started a business. How does that kind of work day to day? It's, I honestly couldn't imagine not having a co-founder having Mel by my side. And I say that um, not to make anyone that doesn't have a co-founder feel like they should because I th- I, my hat goes off to anyone that's doing this solo. I think you're a freaking wizard um, because Mel is definitely <laughs> – um, we just, we're just really fortunate to have a dynamic. And I think that's probably the, the main thing that is important when you have a co-founder is that you find the right dynamic because so many people when Mel and I went into business, we've known each other since primary school and have been like best mates since then. So a lot of people understandably were very nervous for us and warned us of the pitfalls of, you know, going into business with your best mate, that it could really damage your relationship. But I think we'd tested the waters for long enough. I mean, we'd travelled around the world together when we were 21. We lived together for over a year in London when we were 25. I think if you can do those things and be literally in each other's faces and pockets and kitchens and bathrooms for that sort of period of time (laughs) and you don't get sick of each other, then that's probably a pretty good um, indication that you're going to be okay. The thing that really works for us, as you say, Laura, is that we have different skill sets. So I sort of come from the more creative brand side. Mel is very creative as well and she's a great ideas, like big thinker too, but she's also an absolute whiz when it comes to operations and the finances and more of the day-to-day runnings of the business, which is just not my forte at all. Um, So it allows us to work hand in hand and not worry about each other, what we're doing, just know that we're on the same page and we can kind of own different parts of the business without being on top of each other for it. And we also have a very similar work ethic as well, so there's never been any um, concerns about, never ever been any concerns about whether someone's pulling weight over or more weight than the other person in the business. So I think you've just got to be um, on the same page about that sort of stuff and communicate really well and know that anything that comes up in the business is always, it's business only, it's never personal as well. So taking that approach allows us to chat through any stuff that comes up that we may not initially see eye to eye on and we are always able to find a compromise that fits us both. And that is such a good distinction. And I imagine one that you've had to learn that business isn't personal, especially when you're doing it with your best mate. Yeah. How have you, what's that journey been like to, to actually, you know, people, we, I feel like we say these things, it's not personal, it's business, but like deep down we're like, it oh, is no, but personal. It is personal. <laughs> it's my idea it's personal yeah (laughs) it it is it's it's, like it's hard to make that distinction and like it's easier said than done but I think when you have a foundation of a friendship behind it that is rock solid then you can that's for us is what allows us to realize okay no this isn't this isn't personal it's and we understand each other's personalities as well so how to work best with each other um you know we give each other grace when we're both inevitably having off days we both have young kids similar ages as well so you know there's there's turbulence all the time when it comes to trying to like get things done and stuff but um yeah I think having a just a deep level of understanding of each other allows you to not take things personally and I mean like I say that but most of the time we're 
pretty much on the same page anyway. We're just very fortunate to to be that way. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I love that because I think about um, – I mean, I don't know if this is like what your relationship is like, but I know that my relationship with my sisters is very different to my relationship with my friends. My sisters, there's this robust, whatever happens, whatever fight we have, whatever moment or disagreement or off day or whatever, we know we're going to we're gonna sort it out, we're going to be good. Yeah. Do you feel like there's that kind of, because of you've travelled, you've lived together, do you feel like there's kind of that closeness of, it's quite robust by this point. Oh, absolutely. There's definitely a sister <laughs> element there. We don't ever bicker or anything in, in that, like, way that I have with siblings. Um, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. It's that, like, I love you but I fucking hate you right now. So <laughs> yeah. We don't have that. We just generally always love each other. Um, yes. Yeah, oh, I, that's I don't amazing. know. I, I think we're just lucky to have found um, yeah. the right dynamic for yeah. in each other. It's so cool. So tell us... I really want to get into some practical tips because you really come, the way you've approached your business, I think is really, really cool and really unique. And I feel like a lot of our listeners want to understand how to monetize an online brand, how to build a following from scratch. And so I want to kind of pick your brain on a few of these things that I feel like you have just, you and Mel have done really, really well. So when building Building Wedshed, as you said, like you kind of went, actually, when did you launch? Uh, in 2015, we launched. Yeah, so, so it's kind of the golden age of, yeah, it's, that's a good time to start an Instagram account to, to grow organically, all of that fun stuff. So what would be the number one thing you would do now if you were building Wedshed from scratch? What would you do today if you were starting? Oh, it's such a tough question because it's all those things that you've done and not necessarily right that have kind of got you to the point that you're at now. But I think um, if we were starting Wedgehead from scratch now, our focus, like the business that is, if we were starting Wedgehead Instagram from scratch, it would be different to the business. But the business, I think our focus would really be more on collecting customer data, which that sounds techie, but it really doesn't have to be as well. So for us right now, um, we haven't had a couple's logged in area for a really long time. That's on our roadmap for this year. But it means if we had that sort of data, it would mean that we're able to tailor more relevant information to our couples at the exact right time that they're in that piece of the wedding planning journey. And, you know, that really is such a future of marketing, isn't it? It's, you know, being able to like meet yes. and serve your customers where they're at and what with what they need. And so I think that just because we didn't have the funds available to us, that was kind of like a in the future style thing. And it's just taken us a bit of time to get to that future piece um that would be a real priority for us is is you know like creating that sort of data collection point um when it comes to instagram laura you're so spot on like 2015 was such a great time to launch an instagram account when things were chronological um you weren't having to fight an algorithm we definitely realized that we had a huge leg up there so it i think now what the way that we would approach it would be to get so clear on your brand and what you stand for because obviously there's a lot of clutter out there on Instagram and I mean you really need to know what you're doing why you do it what your customers want and then be able to communicate that to them and then be consistent about telling them those things as, and using as many various tools as Instagram allows you um, use all the features that Instagram gives you you know that you're comfortable with and just make sure that you sound like 
a good, generous human, I think is probably really important too. Um, you know, put your face out there if you feel comfortable yeah. to, even if you don't feel comfortable with it, do it probably because people want to see humans. <laughs> I like it. Yes. I, I think it's a, you know, it's a struggle for a lot of people trying to, you know, put themselves out there on social yeah. platforms, but it's, it's so worthwhile if you can muster it up. And it's definitely the future, even more so than it has been to date, because I can totally see with TikTok, mm. it is, it's raw, it is silly, it's fun, it's like just people's faces, people doing little bits and like it's hilarious. But that is the direction that it will be going and you're right, like the personalization of every single person is on there to get this curated, personalised feed and this connection with people. Mm-hmm. And I think the brands and businesses that can can really personalise you know, you don't have to do things that you're not comfortable with. I love that you said that. You don't have to do all that stuff, but it is still, there is an element of we need to put our faces out there because that's the direction yeah. that the whole, you know, meta. I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It feels yeah. like that's the direction. It is. And it's hard for introverts. And like, I don't mind doing it, but I still yeah. feel like an absolute goof doing it. Like, you don't, like, I don't know. Maybe it gets easier, but even just to start with, just taking like a still photo of yourself and putting that up on a story with, you know, text over it, it can be so much easier than trying to, you know, spend half an hour trying to film like literally one minute's worth of spoken content for yeah. stories. That, you know, if that's going to make you feel um, like you've got a better position like if I guess if that allows you to be able to do that then just do what you can but still try and put yourself out there you can yeah I completely completely agree and so what are you doing on Instagram now that you're finding is really working for you I think it's for us what's working at the moment is using as many of their features and tools as possible so you see Mm. a lot of stuff where people are like oh it's all about reels. You have to be like creating reels every single day. And like maybe that works, but maybe you don't have time to do that as well. Maybe you've got a life and um, you're not so good at batch <laughs> reeling and all of those things. Maybe I'm putting my hand up right now. Um, but I think yeah. so, so long as you just, you know, you're trying to use the platform as um, robustly as you can. So doing a bit of reels, maybe occasionally doing a live, doing stories all the time. Um, responding to DMs, doing lots of polls and using the stickers, that sort of stuff. Just I think, I mean, they're all out there because Instagram wants you to be using them. And the more that people are interacting with your your profile, obviously, the better that stands for Instagram. I think um, having conversations in DMs is like a, a big thing that we're working on doing more now. So responding to people with voice memos occasionally. Um yeah. And just actually responding to DMs, like we get a lot of DMs and we try and be as responsive as we can. But having conversations in there, it's like perhaps that helps. Okay, I'm sure that helps um, you grow your Instagram account, but it's actually just helps you get through the day of running a business as well when you're having a conversation with someone and they may say something that actually makes it all worthwhile because you've actually realised that you've been helped them. And I think... I mean, for us, we're quite, um, 
I guess we're a two-sided marketplace. We serve couples and we also serve wedding businesses as well. But we don't have that much one-on-one interaction with couples. So when you finally do have that opportunity to talk to someone, even if it's just in DMs, and they say, hey, that actually really helped me and thank you so much for, you know, making this part of the journey easier, it's incredibly gratifying for yourself. Be, you know, the algorithm be damned. It's worth it for that. Yes, 100%. And the funny thing is that people who send you DMs, that is such a high measure of engagement that the algorithm does reward that as well. So it's, Mm. I didn't realize this until maybe last year that the algorithm is measuring your DMs as well. And so it's this funny thing to think it's really valuable and it's a great connection piece and that's reason enough to do it. But there's, there is this underlying kind of cool little kickback that, the more and more people who engage in your DMs, the more they're going to see your content, the more they're going to engage. So it's like this kind of snowball effect. And so everything we're doing in our DMs is, is actually benefiting the greater engagement that you're wanting to see on your profile. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's a win-win in so many ways. Yes, 100%. So... With it, like you're monetizing your brand. So you, I kind of, I'm curious about how you started this because, so you, you kind of went, okay, cool. There's a gap and this is in 2015 and you were like, great, we're going to start it. Was there a tipping point where people were like, okay, I trust you. I'm going to give you money for promoting my thing. Like, did you need a certain amount of followers? Did you need a certain amount of engagement? How did that kind of play out? Yeah, it's a great question. We did start, it took us about six months before we even attempted to monetize Wedshed. So when we first launched Wedshed, we launched it listing venues only because we thought that that was kind of the gap that we were going to just purely focus on. It was six months later that we had wedding vendors. So, you know, photographers, celebrants, florists, cake makers, the whole bunch of different services that actually make a wedding happen come knocking on the door, also wanting to join the platform. And at that point, we kind of pivoted a bit. But it, uh, it was the first six months we listed a whole bunch of different venues that we'd reached out to uh, for free on the platform just while we really focused on generating as much press and as much traffic to the site as we could, um, basically with zero ad budget as well. And so our thought there was no one's going to pay to be on a wedding directory that's getting no traffic and like, why would we e- expect them to as well? So we felt like we needed to kind of prove our stuff a little bit which is hence the you know that sort of six month period and then after six months that was always the sort of the point that we had said like that's when we will start approaching people with um the metrics that we had been able to generate so it was you know it was kind of a kick up our butts to do as much as we could in that six months to make um to help as many to get as many couples to visit the platform and be using wedgehead um to plan their weddings in terms of how we actually made the money to build that platform as well, um, we, in our process of reaching out to different farms and properties around Australia, we started um, actually managing a property down in Kangaroo Valley in New South Wales who, you know, we, we'd reached out to her and they were like, she was like, oh, I love the idea of Wedgehead, but actually I don't have any experience in weddings. Do you want to do it? And you know, that allowed us to bankroll the development of Wedgehead's original site, given that we'd come back from London. Um, we'd gone back to our sort of regular career jobs and didn't have any funds to spare. So it, it was incredible because it allowed us to not only get the experience of 
I guess, understanding all of the different challenges that wedding venues go through. But it also, sorry, my dog's snorting in the background. Um, <laughs> it was incredible because it allowed us to understand the challenges that wedding venues go through, but also to go to be on the couple side and see the sort of questions that wedding venues were going to be asked as well. So we had a real full insight into um, the industry that we hadn't previously as well. And I guess that's such an invaluable, is it invaluable or is it just valuable? I don't know which word I'm supposed to use. It's a really valuable part. (laughs) Is it both? I don't know. I actually think both work. Uh, It's really, I think both work. Invaluable. I'm going to go with invaluable. (laughs) It does sound like I'm saying it's unvaluable, but it's not. It's such a valuable part of the process and you can only get that by doing, right? Because, and I think what happens a lot of, creatives and I think a lot of women who in particular who want to start a business they want to have their five-year plan they want to have that happening right now and they want to have every single thing sorted out and there are some questions they could never possibly know the answer to until they do and so I love that your journey has just been okay we're going to launch this site and then we're going to make money however we can by managing this wedding venue that has never done it before and then we're going to iterate and keep changing and I think that ultimately leads to more success because it's not f- a fixed mindset of, well, I know everything there is to know about this industry and I'm going to do what I think. Like I love that you've been kind of revising and updating things as you go. And, like, it was, I mean, having that experience of turning a a farm into a wedding venue from scratch, it wasn't what we expected to be a part of our business journey, but that's actually now what we're doing later on because we can see the gap in that and in terms of, like, you know, taking on venue management, which, you know, if we hadn't done that, then we wouldn't have had that experience to, you know, potentially explore four or five years down the track. So you just don't know. I think that's the kind of thing you just sort of, like, take on as many challenges as you can if they make sense and then you just don't know where it's going to lead you later on because you know this journey is always so fluid too (laughs) yes totally what would you say to someone who is listening who wants to start they have this idea that they're like I don't have much experience in the industry but I can see a gap or maybe they do have experience but they need to go out on their own or they want to quit their day job. What would you say to someone who feels like they need to have all their ducks in a row before they begin? I would say you never will. So just do it. Just take a step and it will feel uncomfortable. Um, I think we're also conditioned in life to trying to have as much under, like as much in control as we possibly can and unfortunately yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's business whether it's babies whether it's wedding planning whether it's like it's just literally anything you're never really going to have anything control and I think this pandemic has taught us that as well like just when you think you've maybe potentially got things sorted like you know a little bug comes along and, and changes uh, things just a smidge so I would say oh my gosh just yeah, see what the, the smallest thing that you can do to getting started on a wedding, on, sorry, not on a wedding, on your business journey might be and just take that step or list out the small things and just do one thing each day and before you know it, it all kind of snowballs and you actually find that you're, you're doing it. 
there's no better time than, you know, today or tomorrow. Yeah. And actually on the COVID thing, how how has that impacted? Because you would see firsthand how it's impacted, of course, the wedding industry, the the people you work with, your couples. How has that impacted your business and how have you pivoted and, and adjusted to everything with COVID? It's been huge for us. So the last, I mean, weddings in a pandemic, they're, they're very not conducive to one another. So it's been, <laughs> it's been a tough couple of years for us with, you know, so many businesses that have been struggling because they've literally had their entire incomes wiped out for a year. Um, and the thing about weddings is it's not just one year that's affected because you may have couples that postpone, but then those postponements need to roll into the following year, which means that a business has less weekends or time available to recoup their costs or to make money the following year. So the effects are long-lasting within, you know, travel, weddings, hospitality, any of those industries that rely on, you know, that sort of patronage of, of regular clients. So it's, it's been a challenge, but what it allowed us to do was to take a step back and really look at the business, the direction that we were going and fast track some stuff that we always had in our pipeline, but bring it forward sooner. So we've got a new business um, that we'll be launching soon called Gravy, which is a digital wedding registry. That was something that we planned to do, but had it not been for COVID to come along and kind of squash like our regular form of making money in some ways or sort of stagnate it, we probably wouldn't have found the time to do it, you know, that we in the sort of time space that we have. It also allowed us yeah. to make some big decisions about our team and our sort of the way that we approach our tech because our business essentially is a tech business, but we've always outsourced it to agency um, up until last year when we were at a bit of a fork in the road. Thank you, COVID, for that. Um, when we were like, okay, well, do we, need, do we need to find a new agency or do we need to finally take that step to bring tech in-house? Um, and, you know, we, we took that in-house step and it's huge, it's incredible because now we've kind of got a, a solid tech stack and a solid tech base and it allows us to do so many things that previously would have cost us probably way more money and way more time as well. So there's been a silver lining from it, um, but that's not to say it hasn't been without its major challenges and, and stressing moments throughout the last couple of years. Yeah, oh, completely. And I can imagine your clients needing you to be rock solid and calm and and really supportive and then the moments of like behind the scenes being like oh my goodness like telling everyone else it's going to be all right we're going to figure it out and then freak outs behind the scenes oh a hundred percent I think you're absolutely right I mean the all we could try and do was be as helpful as possible for people and and know that at some point in the future this kind of will either fade away or become a new normal as we sort of discussing um previously but yes yeah it's all you can do is kind of just hold on and and like look at the different opportunities that are available to you. We've seen so many businesses pivot during this time just to be able to survive as well. And I just think that the more um, you can try and look at these scenarios as an opportunity rather than a detriment, as cheesy as that sounds, honestly, it even just it's just good for your mind trying to approach it that way. One hundred percent. I completely agree with that and I think you have done 
you and your team have done an incredible job at, you know, keeping your community feeling like, okay, it's actually going to be all right. We're going to figure it out. I think planning a wedding in this time would be super, super tough. And being a, a wedding, being in the wedding industry, whether you're a florist or venue or whatever, is crazy. And so I think you've just, you have done a really incredible job to keep keep things po- positive and to keep people feeling like, hey, actually, it's going to be, it's going to be all right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, it's honestly, it's true. I, I mean, yeah, I love your content and I'm like, I'm not getting married again. So, <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> so I want to talk to you about, tell us a little bit about gravy because in this time, I have no idea how you have found the time to do this, but you have launched, you're launching a new business called Gravy. Tell us a little bit about the vision behind this. Yeah, sure. Look, I, yeah, I think starting new businesses are definitely made easier without children and pandemics and existing <laughs> businesses, which is, you know, it's probably the most child, time-consuming child of all. But we are launching a new business called Gravy. It's a digital wedding registry that helps modern couples ask for cash um, and monetary time. Sorry, non-monetary gifts of time, skills, and good deeds. And so. Where we've come from with this is that we know that modern couples don't need another toaster, they don't need another cheese board, the kind of stuff that you, you know, typically see on a wedding registry. But what they really do need is or would really appreciate is a gift of cash that they can use to kickstart their married life. And so what this typically looks like at most weddings, and this might have been the same for yours, Laura, but it was, it was the same for mine and yeah. our entire teams, was a wishing well, which is, say, a box where you guess yeah. drop in an envelope um, with a card and some money and it does the job but it also feels pretty impersonal and a little bit awkward for everyone and so we recognize that and we set out to create a new kind of wedding registry where you can literally ask for anything you want as a wedding gift and so what that means is you can collect cash contributions from your guests and in turn communicate what you use that money for. So you might be looking for a honeymoon fund or a fancy new piece of artwork or a cool coffee machine or something like that. And so you can put these into your registry. We've got hundreds of different um, pre-populated templates to choose from. But what's really special about Gravy is that you can ask your guests for things that won't cost them a cent as well, just their time and their skills. So, for example, you could ask for dog sitting um, or help painting the house or you could ask for a car service if, you know, you've got mates that are mechanics um, or you could ask your friends to do become organ donors or do a blood donation or do meat-free Mondays wow. or anything. So it's a way for you to not only ask for things that allow you to rely on your community and just their talents but also to impart some of the things that you're passionate about and create a kind of a, a little bit of a you know, goodwill, good deeds in the world as well if that's something that you're interested in. We wanted to, like, create something that was, like, kind of like an air tasker that meets a wedding registry and it kind of formalises that beer economy that you have as well um, because, I mean, we knew that yes. during COVID, like, there's so many people for whom money is tight right now um, and a lot of couples may not want money at all but they just appreciate, appreciate a contribution in a different form. And so... We wanted to create something that kind of fit with our ethos at Wedgehead, which is that weddings are about community. It takes a village to create a great marriage um, and gravy allows you through the, you know, the, the act of accepting a gift to lean on your community as well. 
That is such a cool idea. I've not heard of anything like that before. That's amazing. And I just want to say on the wishing well front, because you're right, I definitely, we had like a, we had like a white, finding a wishing well for me was like the bane of my existence, but we had like this white timber box. It was so crap. It was not good. And, oh, and uh, I, I know you're talking, I know what you're talking about. I probably had exact. I think I had like uh, a brown timber box. Yeah. <laughs> And it was so windy on the night of our wedding and it was just crazy. Yeah, the day of our wedding was crazy. We had 40 degree heat, then it then it was like this windstorm and then wow. it rained and then it it was like all seasons in one day. Anyway, we got all of the money from the wishing well and we straight away went to on our honeymoon and we went to Tasmania. And um the whole time we were like, great, well, we're just going to use this cash on our honeymoon, do all the fun things, whatever. And we had, it was hilarious, but we just had it in this one envelope, like just all this cash. Yeah. And we flew, we'd been using the cash like a bunch of times. And then we'd said, you know, there's this David Jones sale. We're going to go, we're going to get all the nice pans, all the nice knives. That's it. Like we're set, you know. And um, we got on the flight home. And instead of Nath, my husband, had been so serious about we we keep the cash on us at all times, like even in the hotels, we don't like, yeah. you know, we just keep it on us because it like, was quite a lot of money. Anyway, we got on the flight home and it had been, for whatever reason, Nath left it in his luggage in the um, – in the on the flight mm. so it was in like the checked in luggage and we walked <laughs> walked off the plane and and Nath was like you've got the cash hey and I was like no Hello. I don't and he was like oh my goodness I don't know where it is so he's calling the hotel saying we've left it at the hotel and then he was like no I'm sure I put it in in my baggage so then we went over to the um like flight information desk the virgin thing and they were like hey look we don't, we don't know what to tell you. Like it, no one would have taken it from the bag, but he was like, no, someone has taken it from the bag. Anyway. So he, he was like, no, no, no. Like, I think someone's, someone's opened it and taken our thing from the bag. Um, and so by this point I was crying. I was at the airport, like, Oh "Oh my goodness. Like what the heck? Our whole wishing well is gone. Like that is so sad. And then a few minutes later, the lady at the flight, um, the desk thing, got a call and was like, um, hey, just can you tell me how much cash was in there? And Nath said the amount and it was like proper raining, like it was pouring. So that's why she was like, no one's stolen it because they, they're they moving so fast. It's raining. No one's taken it. Anyway, the guy comes in from the tarmac with this wet envelope <gasps> oh full gosh. of all the cash all the cash was in there and we were like, it is a miracle. Oh like, my God. <laughs> it was crazy. We were like, and not a single bit was missing. We were like, that is the craziest thing. And what? honestly, it was what crazy. Happened? Had it fallen out of the bag? So it had fallen out of the bag. And oh so, my and, and it was just kind of sitting around but none of the cash had flown out or anything it was so weird oh, anyway that is that would have been people should use your program <laughs> oh well, that is one of the things if this actually does happen is you know there's people have concerns about losing wads of cash which 
you know, you've proven can happen. Oh, um, my gosh. You've just had a happy ending, which is great. And people have concerns about cash being stolen from weddings, which, you know, is a horrible thing to think about. But, oh, yeah. you know, it's another reason why it might just be better to have a digital registry. But that and that you don't have to go to the <laughs> bank as well because if you're like me, you just like procrastinate and, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, different reasons. But, oh, my God, boy, that sounds horrifying <laughs> and terrifying. It was. And so not Such, the way you want to end because that was at the end of your, your honeymoon. That was at the end. Oh, yeah. so awful. Just a little bit of adrenaline for you I know but it was so good but yeah and on the car drive home we were like just silent just like how did that what that was some some weird like amazing I don't know anyway a good a good reason for people to use gravy when you launch now I want to make sure that people can follow you and connect with you more because you're doing some incredible things where can people connect with you on insta they can find us on just at Wedshed, which is W-E-D-S-H-E-D, or at Gravy Registry as well. Or they can find me over Incredible. at Amy Parfit and you can look at my um, dog and children because that's pretty much my entire life of content. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Well, thank you so much, Amy. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I know that your story is so inspiring to so many people in our community. And I'm really, really looking forward to seeing the launch of Gravy and to see all the cool things that you and your team are going to be working on very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Laura. You're such an inspiration. I take so much advice from everything you put out there. So just, yeah, know that it's so mutual and I know that all of your listeners would feel the exact same way. Thank you. Well, there you have it. That is the play-by-play for this week. I encourage you to follow Amy and her team on Wedshed, even if you're not getting married or, you know, thinking about weddings. It's a really cool platform. It's a really great, like the way they approach content, the way they approach their community is incredible. Definitely check that out. I also encourage you to check out Gravy, their new brand and new platform that's coming very soon. Head on over to our show notes to access all that good stuff. As always, if you've loved this episode, can you please do me a favor? Can you please share it with a business buddy? I really want to spread these wonderful stories that people are sharing. I really want other entrepreneurs and other, particularly other women in business to hear these inspiring stories. So please share it with a friend who you think will love it. It's kind of good karma to do that. So please share it far and wide. If you share it on Instagram, wherever you're listening to it, share it and I will do a little happy dance from wherever I am and we can chat on Instagram via the DMs. Okay, as always, music from this episode is by my dear friend, Jake Scott. You can find him on Spotify. It's a fun, good vibe. Definitely recommend listening to him while you're doing a bit of work. It's like kind of a good bop situation. I'm bopping as I'm saying this. Okay, (laughs) I'm going to stop talking. I will see you same time, same place next week. In the meantime... Go get them, my friend.